Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 1 of the Universal Freemason Podcast. I am your host, J.T. Asher, founder and president of the Universal Freemason Research Society, a nonprofit educational organization dedicated to improving society by means of practicing and teaching Masonic philosophies. This is an all-inclusive podcast. We welcome all who are sincere about learning Masonic philosophies, and you are never asked or persuaded to join anything or to give money to anything. I simply want to share these wonderful philosophies with you to make a difference, hopefully, in society. Well, <laughs> okay, everyone, I'm glad to be back, and uh, this was a fairly lengthy break uh, after the holidays. I hope you had a safe holiday season and a happy start to 2022. Um, we certainly did here at my household. Uh, we got through the holidays without anyone getting sick, thankfully. And uh, onward and upward, we're looking forward to having a good uh, 2022 here. Um, as you know, I always like to start the podcast with um, the first uh, in two segments. And the first segment, I always like to tell you, something personal uh, that I've learned or something that I did, something I saw. And uh, we'll proceed that way, of course, this year, too. And I, I have to tell you, a very interesting thing happened to me uh, just after we finished last, uh, the last podcast, the last episode for season two. And um, I was... Uh, <laughs> Watching one of my favorite shows I like to watch, it has about a six-episode uh, portion that they do on HBO, and it's called John Wilson's uh, How To with John Wilson. And John Wilson has a very extraordinary way of teaching lessons, uh, making you think about a subject, making you think about yourself. And I won't get into a lot of details about the episode that um, I watched uh, that inspired me. Uh, but let's just say that I was inspired to uh, once again start drinking some energy drinks. And uh, more precisely, um, the brand that they had on the show was called Bang Energy Drink. And it kind of previewed what the uh, owner was like Um the people that, you know, work for Bing. And I was impressed with, you know, with, with the organization, I guess. So I thought, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, give that a try. Um, you know, I've always feel kind of sluggish anyway, and I, I could use a little boost. And, you know, I'm not really a, what you call a, you know, a coffee drinker. I like cold brew coffee, but it takes so long to make at home. And if you try to, to buy it, it's so expensive. So I just decided, well... I kind of gave up on the caffeine thing <laughs> for for quite some time now. So, and I just, you know, kind of get through my day. Don't ask me how, by the way, but I kind of get through my day without that caffeine boost, you know. And uh, anyway, so I decided, okay, I'm going to get this thing. And um, the uh, grocery store happened to have its own little cooler full of it. Uh, it was far away from all the other ready-to-drink drinks. It was way down by the meat aisle. But there it was, had its own little refrigerator and on shelves around it were cases of the warm drinks and they happened to have it on sale 
at this time for, you know, two for four dollars. And I'm like, okay, I'm doing it, man. I'm going to load up. I'm going to drink this. And uh, actually, they're quite flavorful. I really enjoyed the pina colada <laughs> um, flavor. And they have all kinds of other flavors that I tried. I like the pina colada and the cherry blade lemonade the most. And yes, yes, I did try rainbow unicorn. And, you know, I kind of like that, too. I have to be honest. But anyway, so every day I, I decide, okay, I, I'm going to have one of these drinks over ice. My day starts at uh, 7 a.m. for work. So on my way out the door, I get an insulated cup, uh, put ice in it, and uh, pour the drink over it. And I decided I'm going to sip this through the day till lunchtime. Um, it has 300 milligrams of caffeine per can so you know you got to be careful right so you don't want to get too jittery but um so i sip it through till about lunchtime lunchtime for me is four hours into the day into the day and it's 11 a.m so i work 7 to 11 i take an hour break and then i work the the rest of the day um uh, Anyway, I'm drinking this and, I'm, and you know, I'm getting, I'm just going to just flat out tell you, I'm getting lots of shit done and I'm getting lots of shit done fast, you know, <laughs> more than usual. And this goes on for a couple of weeks and I'm feeling good. I'm like, man, you know, some of the depression went away. Um, you know, I'm feeling uh, vibrant and alert <laughs> and just enjoying it. But here's what happens to the human body. Um, the human body starts to acclimate to these things and then the temptation arises that now i'm gonna you know do well i'm not feeling as vibrant as i did when i first started now do i want to double it or triple it right and 300 milligrams of caffeine is a lot <laughs> so um i think the uh food and drug administration in, in the united states uh, says you know 400 is the max that you want to do um, so we were right under that 400 milligram threshold. You know, I don't like to be up all night. So that's why I was making sure that I drink it and finished it before lunchtime. Anyway, that gave it a lot of hours to get out of the system and I could sleep. <laughs> but what happened? So anyway, I got to that part of acclimation. I'm drinking an energy drink. I'm just not, you know, feeling the rah, rah, like I once did. So just before I wanted to put episode one, season three out there a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago now, um, I was coming off the caffeine and man, did I have the most hellacious headaches that I <laughs> ever had. And uh, I mean, these were headaches that for a few days were keeping me up at night. <laughs> so I'm, I'm asking my wife in the middle of the night, she, she's got um, Tylenol on her nightstand, you know, and uh, now I'm tapping her on the shoulder saying, man, give me, a, <laughs> give me a couple of Tylenol so I can sleep, you know. Um, but anyway, that came and went. I'm feeling uh, much better now. And I'll and be honest with you, I like the flavor of that energy drink so much that they actually do make a caffeine-free version, and I actually am drinking the caffeine-free version now anyway. <laughs> so ordered some um, and and got a case delivered, and I've been enjoying that. And and I and and, and I feel good, you know. I still feel pretty good. I'm still getting a, I'm getting enough shit done during the day that I'm being productive. So. 
And for me, that might be different for others, but I get as, as much done as I can. And, uh, but yeah, so the lesson there, um, uh, caffeine's not for me. <laughs> uh, not every day anyway. Every now and again, if I want to get something done and I just don't fill up to it, just like in the past, what I always did was I did reach for the caffeine and I got a lot of stuff done around the house and, um, you know, where it's important. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that's that's why we're a little bit late uh, in the season, starting the season a little bit late. Um, that we had a little bit of a health hiccup here um, with some breathing issues for, with uh, with my wife. But we got that figured out. We're good to go. Um, onward and upward. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And any of you out there that like caffeine and can tolerate it, uh, congratulations. I, I just can't, you know. i just one of those people that um, I'm sensitive to stuff like that, I guess. So, um, all right. But enough about me. Um, so when we return from a word from our sponsor, Anchor Podcast App, and the return of our moment of goat, we will pick up where we left off in Albert Pike's magnum opus and discuss the 14th degree lecture of Scottish Rite Freemasonry. I'm J.T. Asher, and this is the Universal Freemason Podcast. I will be right back. Okay, and we are back. We are back with um, Season 3, Episode 1 of the Universal Freemason Podcast, our third season. Thanks to your interest in our 11,000 plays since March of 2020, um, I have to tell you, I'm humbled by every time I see the stats of the podcast, and uh, I'm so thankful for you being there to learn with me as we go through um, some of these writings and philosophies of Freemason, Freemasonry. Um, as we begin our study of the 14th degree, uh, I always like to start with the reading from Brother Rex Hutchins from A Bridge to Light. And uh, the 14th degree is also known as uh, the perfect Elu degree. And uh, with that, let's, uh, let's read what Brother Rex Hutchins has to say. I'm opening a bridge to light right now. And uh, pardon the noises here. Um, so the duties of the perfect Elu degree are to assist, encourage, and defend the brethren, protect the oppressed, and relieve want and distress, enlighten the people, serve the common good, and be fruitful of all good works. And Brother Rex Hutchins writes that the lessons of the perfect Elus are, uh, they're both bound and free. They're bound by their obligation and free from prejudice, intolerance, and envy. And this is a point that that I love right here. I wrote some notes about it, if you'll pardon my noise. Um, and that the point that is that Masons meet on the level because in their lives, authority and liberty are in equilibrium. And I'll say that again. In a, in a Masonic life, if you're living a Masonic lifestyle, Authority and liberty 
are in equilibrium. Not too much authority, uh, not too much uh, liberty. And um, it seems like it would be difficult, but in practice, and especially if you're practicing this in, in a leadership role, um, what having these two it seem, seemingly opposite virtues in, in equilibrium, um, authority and liberty, um, it, it enables people you are leading uh, to find their own greatness, uh, their own greatness. And, um, and I'll say that again a little bit more clearly. Um, a life where authority and liberty in equal, and are in equilibrium seems difficult, but in practice, especially when you're practicing as a leader, it enables uh, the people you are leading to find their own greatness. And that's what you want as a leader. Now, if you're a manager, you're not looking to help people find their own greatness. You are trying to manage their day. Or um, and many times managers seem to, to more so get in the way um, than em encourage um, uh, prosperity and encourage learning of those people they're managing. And this is a problem with managers. Um, and, you know, I like to substitute the word liberty with trust. So um, as a leader, we can lead with authority and trust, um, where we give people the authority to make the best decisions and trust that they will. Uh, and this isn't a, a new philosophy. Um, this has been around a long time. Um, in political science, um, we learn about uh, Jean-Jacques Voltaire, or Voltaire, and we learned uh, who was a French philosopher, and uh, he was actually uh, he kind of founded well not kind of basically French politics are based on Voltaire's um, philosophy, which is <clears throat> basically you force men to be free, you force people into freedom. Um, Voltaire's stance was we will set the we will set the rules where you will be free damn it not no matter what right and you'll be free according to our rules and um john locke is on the opposite end of the spectrum in political science terms where uh, john locke said and uh who was an english uh philosopher and john locke's writings actually are what the United States Constitution is based upon. Um, his philosophies are what uh, makes um, the ideals of America um, that which it is. And John Locke's idea was, no, uh, we don't force men to be free. Uh, we'll give mankind the tools to freedom, um, and they will be free on their own accord. So, um, so you might say it would go like this, and what where Voltaire might say, liberty, equality, and fraternity, or else, <laughs> Locke would say, liberty, equality, and fraternity, please. And this is what we suggest you do to um, obtain or attain liberty, equality, and fraternity. Here are the tools. Okay, so. 
that is what I mean by um, you can lead with authority and trust the people or trust those that you are leading. Uh, they will make the right trust that they will make the right decisions. And normally, uh, with the right training and with the right you know precepts and everything else, and with the right skills that they have, um, they will choose to do the right thing. They will choose on their own to make the right decisions and and um, and do exactly that. Um, do the right thing um, and be productive while doing it. And maybe not even while drinking a bunch of energy drinks. <laughs> so um, anyway, I digress a bit. All right. So with that, um, let's open up. Um, let's open up uh, Magnum Opus. Pardon all my noises here. And uh, usually I'll type out what I want to uh, read uh, and read it off of notes. Um, today I decided that I was going to try marking pages and um, see how much more efficient that is. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, maybe it's more efficient, but it sure is noisy. <laughs> um, which brings me to this. I'm still working on getting the, the uh, studio put together. Today I moved in the, the desk, um, and I'll be building uh, the desk here this weekend. So the next time we meet, I will have more room and spaces to put these books on and things like that. Okay, so from the 14th degree lecture, magnum opus, Albert Pike writes, it is for each individual mason to discover the secret of masonry by reflecting on its emblems and upon what is said and done in the work. Seek and ye shall find. Um, let me stop right there and say this is akin to uh, forcing men to be free, rather, or you know, opposite of um, giving you the tools to find your own freedom. Um, what masonry seeks to do is to give you the tools to figure out what masonry is to you. And this is what Albert Pike is discussing right here. I'll continue. The great object of masonry being the physical and moral amelioration of every individual in particular and of social in general, there are important truths and to be substituted in public opinion in the place of many errors and injurious prejudices. <laughs> masonry seeks to fix those, um, uh, to fix that. Uh, make society a little, a lot better to live in. Um, the Masonic secret manifests itself without speech revealing it. To him who well comprehends all of the degrees in proportion as he receives them, and particularly to those who advance in the highest degree uh, of the ancient and accepted right. That right raises a corner of the veil, even in the degree of, of apprentice, for in that it declares that masonry is a worship. Now, keep in mind, uh, we discussed a few episodes ago that masonry, uh, Freemasonry is not a religion. But Freemasonry does uh, have religious tendencies, shall we say. And what do we worship in Freemasonry? 
And the first thing that I know, if if I'm on YouTube right now, the first thing, the first comments I'm going to get, yeah, it's the devil, you know. <laughs> God, how many of those comments have I deleted? Um, but keep in, just keep that in mind. Keep, let's keep that in the back of our mind that there is a sort of worship in Freemasonry. It's not a religion. Keep that in the back of your mind. I'm going to go forward, and we're going to get back to that. Um, so Freemasonry never intermeddling with points of doctrine in politics or religion. Masonry labors to improve the social order by enlightening men's minds, by warming men's hearts with love of the good, by inspiring them with the great principle of human fraternity, by requiring all of its disciples that their language and actions shall conform to that principle that they shall enlighten one another, triumph over their passions. For me, uh, it was caffeine. <laughs> um, uh, abhor voice, uh, vice, excuse me, abhor vice and conform to that principle that they shall enlighten one another and pity the vicious man as one afflicted with a deplorable malady. So the vicious the evil in Freemasonry, the selfish, um, we deplore that. And we hope to see them get better <laughs> and join us um, in our thoughts. Um, moving along. Um, this is the lecture from the 14th degree of Scottish Rite Freemasonry. So, um, Pike goes on to say, its ministers are all Masons who comprehend it. Mason, Freemasonry ministers is. Um, Freemasonry's ministers are all Masons who comprehend it and are devoted to it, are devoted to its offerings to God and uh, are good works. The sacrifice of the base and disorderly passions and perpetual efforts to attain to all the moral, moral perf perfection of which man is capable. All of the moral perfection which man is capable and those capabilities are going to, you know, depend on the individual, uh, right? Freemasonry doesn't tell you um, how exactly how to live. It asks you to look at yourself. The first lesson in Freemasonry, one of the first anyway, in the apprentice degree, the first degree of Freemasonry, is to know thyself. Um, what are your, what is your morality? You know, uh, how do you... Uh, how do you display that in public? Uh, do you realize, you know, what is it that you need to work on? Some of it's it's language. Um, others, it's selfishness. We all have our, 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 our vice that we need to work on and to turn away from uh, as to be uh, good members of society and good masons. <clears throat> uh, let's go forward. Uh, this is a very long lecture, so I, I highlighted a few portions of it so that the podcast doesn't run horribly long. Um, about Freemasonry, Albert Pike writes in the 14th degree lecture that essentially um, Masonry is philanth uh, philanthropic, philosophical, and progressive. It has for its basis the existence of God and the immortality of the soul. For its object... It's the study of the universal morality, the sciences and the arts, and the practice of all of the virtues. 
In every age, its device has been liberty, equality, and fraternity. It's neither a religious party, and, and he will write this again, nor a religious sect. Freemasonry is neither a political party nor a religious sect. It embraces all parties and all religious sects to form from among them all a vast fraternal organization. It recognizes the dignity of man and his right to freedom um, whenever he is fitted for it. And it knows nothing that should place one man below another. It knows nothing that should place one man below another, uh, below another except debasement, ignorance, and crime. That's a tall order for, uh, for a philosophy. <laughs> but that, that is what Freemasonry is. Um, Albert Pike goes on to say, to write, that um, perfect truth is not attainable anywhere. And he goes on to explain that though we f they finally uh, style this degree uh, that of perfection, um, that which it teaches is imperfect and defective. Still, we are not to relax in pursuit of truth, nor contentedly exist in error. It is our duty to ever press forward in this search, for, there, for though absolute truth is unattainable, yet the amount of error in our views is capable of progressive and perpetual uh, improvement. And thus... And thus, it is masonry, it is a continual struggle towards the light. And I like, I like how he wrote that, that Freemasonry is a continued struggle towards the light. Um, we as human beings like to sometimes acquiesce in our own uh, beliefs, in a, and we get dogmatic in what we believe and what we think. And sometimes we are so steeped in our dogma that we can't see uh, another truth. And sometimes this is the problem that Masons will run into um, where people don't understand exactly where Freemasonry is coming from or what it is. And, you know, it doesn't, because a, a Freemason will often uh, have a philosophy that might be different from uh, uh, those of other religions. And or might accept others' religions as portions of truth as they seek their own truth. And this causes problems in, in, a, in religious communities sometimes because, you know, maybe they don't agree with that religion to what you're speaking about. And so now, because they don't agree with that religion, they don't understand what you're talking about and why you're, why you're espousing it. Um, they automatically go to that, well, you're going to hell, you're no good. <laughs> I run into that so much on YouTube. Oh, I can't believe it. I actually quit producing YouTube videos there because it just got so thick with that. Um, and anyway, um, so we'll, we'll read on. Um, and this is going to close the podcast. And Albert Pike says, and he hopes that, at length, when in the course of these endless gradations of pro progress 
through which our spiritual faculties will ever advance towards full development, we shall have begun to know God, our Father, with something of the same organisms with, with, wherewith we know our fellow creatures here. We shall so learn to love him that love will absorb into itself all the elements and, and constituents of that immortal life. And basically, that's what everybody is striving towards is a portion of perfection and, and a relationship with um, our, the God that, that each, in, each of us individually believes in. And that's what Freemasonry is about, is accepting all religions and all faiths um, and people of all political persuasions. Um, that's what we're about. And that's what the 14th degree covers. And uh, with that, I think that's a good description of Freemasonry in the 14th degree. Um, that was enlightening to me, and I hope enlightening to you as well. <laughs> okay. And uh, that's going to conclude our episode one of season three of our podcast, Universal Freemason Podcast, this time. I'm hopeful, as always, that you enjoyed this episode, and uh, maybe, like me, you have taken something um, from these words that might help you along in your journey through life. Uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter. Um, that's at the letter U Freemason. And I uh, hope to see you there. Uh, one of the things that I'm going to experiment with uh, when I can get technical issues uh, kind of squared away, uh, we might do a simulcast on uh, of the podcast live on Twitter sometime in the Twitter spaces. I tried to do that today, but I had some issues, and so I don't have a lot of time um, to mess with that today. I have a lot of other things I got to uh, tend to. Um, but anyway, join me there, and then what we'll do, uh, we'll do the simulcast once I get these figured out, these issues figured out. We'll do the simulcast, and then we can have some time after in the uh, Twitter space to, uh, I could maybe answer questions, and we can um, kind of interact that way. Okay, and with that, this has been the Universal Freemason Podcast. Go in peace, so mote it be.